There you are. George Chapel. Keith Stone. Okay, very good. You scared me a little bit there. I thought we were having some technical difficulties. Yeah. Apparently we were. I, I was hear, hearing nothing on your end, but I, I got you loud and clear now. Okay, I heard you calling me all kinds of names. So just so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's nothing new. Everything's recorded. Uh, that is George Chapel. I am Keith Stone. This is George and Keith's musings. Uh, we talk about uh, popular culture and things we like. I think that's our that, that's our, our, tag, our new tagline. That's our new tagline, and who could argue with that? That's good stuff. Yep. T- today's uh, t- we like we like to go to uh, well, the biggest part of popular culture is movies, and so we're going to head back into that pool again, and we are going with movie villains. And, um, George, just a personal note on my end. First of all, we agreed that we were going to do live action villains. Correct. So there, there are no, um, you know, uh, Disney cartoon characters that were, that were villains. Although that, like you said, that could be a whole That'd be a great separate song. Yeah. Right. And me personally, uh, I'm going to, get the half the population upset at me. I don't do the the comic book movies that that all the kids are watching nowadays. <laughs> so I do have one, but it's an old school um, comic book villain. But like you tell me all the people that like in the Avengers and things like that, and I couldn't tell you who the yeah. good guys are, let alone the villains. I don't know about if that's how you are too or not. I, exactly. I, you know, every every it seems like every two weeks there's another another comic book movie coming out. I can't keep them all straight. You know, I kind of like lost track. You know, after like the the third Batman. Exactly. I watched Batman. I watched a couple of Spider Mans. I watched a couple of Iron Mans, and I liked them. But now I just can't keep track of them all now. So it, it's too much. So, it, so yeah, it's, I think we're on the same page. Okay. Well, surprise, surprise, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, George. I think I've gone first a few times in a row, so you get to be uh, number ten uh, today. Okay. All right. Uh, I just kind of want to start out by saying that you know I think villains is, is a great list because, I mean, villains. Granted, they're villains, but the movies wouldn't be the same without them. One of the reasons that all these movies are so great is because they do have these great and memorable villains in them. So I think that's why it becomes a pretty worthy list to do. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so num- number 10, I'm going, actually, I'm going with a straight-out comedy on this one. And But this movie has long been a favorite of mine, and a lot of it was because of the great, uh, the great Niedermeyer from Animal House. He was such a bastard. But he was he was so much fun to watch, and one of his probably his uh, greatest line was when he he's uh, he's reaming out Flounder, and, he, and so and Flounder's standing there with a pledge pin on his uniform, and so Niedermeyer just shouts in his face and basically spits on him, says, "A pledge pin on your uniform? Tell me, what kind of fraternity would pledge a man like you?" <laughs> so. So you know, it, it just he set he set up as the the perfect villain from the from the evil fraternity, and then I like the the little footnote at the end of the movie, 
uh, where they, they mentioned that he was killed in Vietnam by his own troops. So if that's not a villain, uh, I don't know. So that's, so that's my number 10, uh, Niedermeyer. So Niedermeyer, dead. <laughs> right? So now Niedermeyer is going to be the angel of this group, I can tell you that, at yeah. least on my list. I mean, Niedermeyer, I, w- I wish he moved in next door compared to all these other guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why he's number 10, but I still, uh, he was such a great character. I wanted to make sure he made the list, so. That's good. Okay, my number 10, we've talked about this guy before and in passing and about this series of movies, but my number 10 is Drago from Rocky Four. Okay. Now, he was a steroid-fueled, you know, uh, uh, Russian boxer who was, you know, part of the Cold War. And so this is when we, we hated the Soviets. And he was going to fight Apollo Creed in an exhibition match. At least Apollo Creed was taken as an exhibition match. And, yep. um, and just as a side note, there's going to be a lot of spoiler alerts here. But these movies, these movies, you should have seen all these movies now, so right. I don't feel sorry for you if, you, if I'm ruining anything for you. Spoiler, so anyways, spoiler alerts don't count on movies over 10 years old. Right. So if so, he's fighting Apollo Creed. This is where, we talked about this earlier too, this is where James Brown does his living in America before the yep. match. That's a big show in Vegas. Well, Drago gets in there and he beats the crap out of Apollo Creed and he kills him. Yeah. So that's kind of a bad guy. Now, um, now is it Apollo? Is 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 Drago the bad guy, or is it just that he's kind of like programmed? His manager is no beauty either. Right. Um, and I love his line about Drago. He goes, "Whatever he hits, he destroys." <laughs> so I've always I've always enjoyed that one. And yep. um. So number ten is Drago from Rocky Four. All right, yeah, good, good one. I also liked his line to Rocky where he just says, "I must break you." Yes, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. yeah, he was, the, he was certainly the face of villainy. But yeah, I guess the villain was like the whole Soviet Union and the the evil empire and all that. Yes, it, we hate those it, Soviets. Any chance we get? Yeah. Okay, uh, number nine. I'm going back to a movie that I've talked about also before. And this guy, he, he's, he has, he really wasn't a villain at the beginning of the movie, but through some of this, the very unwise decisions that he made, uh, it ended up with, with dire consequences. And he, he turned out to be a, quite a, a weasel villain by the end of the movie, but it's Jerry Lundegaard from Fargo. Uh, so Jerry Lundegaard, he was, he was the, uh, he's played by William H. Macy, and he was, uh, he kind of got in, in over his head at the at the car dealership where he worked and uh, ended up needing needing to get a lot of money. So he basically conspired to have his wife kidnapped so his father-in-law would pay a huge ransom. You know, and it, it was his plan that it would all work out that his father-in-law was just given the money, which he but he didn't. And then the kidnapping went too far. His wife ended up getting killed, and and uh, so the whole the whole thing just kind of spun away he, he ended up kind of like running from the cops the last time you saw him he was kind of a, trying to uh leave a motel through a, through the bathroom window so he just turned out to be 
be a, a really good, really good weasel. Yeah, Macy's a good actor, and he was a weasel. Um, you like that Fargo well, though, don't you? You do love that movie. I, I do I do love Fargo, and I know that in a previous list I, I call it a comedy, so you, you might think I'm, I'm just like doing all comedy villains, but I promise I'll get a lot darker. Yeah, you're all over the place. <laughs> but that's okay, Georgie. All okay, right. my number nine, I may be violating our animated people, but this guy is a – He's a CGI uh, some of the times. And okay. I'm going with the T-1000 Terminator from Terminator 2. Okay. Now, this is the guy that was made of, like, liquid metal, and he was out to um, kill Schwarzenegger, the original Terminator, of course. And, um, and he was just kind of cool because he had a weird – he just had a – very stern look on his face, and he could, he would, no matter what you did to him, you, you could break him apart, and he would turn him back into his liquid metal, and then liquid metal would just join together again, and, uh, and you know, he was chasing down John Connor, just like uh, the original Terminator was, and his mother, but um, I don't know, I just, I always liked that, I mean, he was a great villain, we love to see him. We always thought he was dead about six times, <laughs> but but by gum, if he didn't always come back uh, alive again, just like any good villain would. Nice. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I can't say that I ever ever saw the whole movie, but I've I've seen I've seen the clips, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I know they they keep don't they like try to burn him, and he kind of comes back from that. And... Yeah, they freeze him with liquid nitrogen and everything, and. It's just this guy just is, he's relentless. <laughs> well, that, that, that makes for a good villain then. Yep. All right. Um, so where we go? Num number eight? Yes, sir. Number eight. This is, uh, I think it's the most recent movie on my list. Uh, it's, and it's Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. Now, I don't know if you've seen that one or not, but the, my number eight villain is Lieutenant Colonel Hans Landa. Uh, played by Christoph Waltz, uh, just a, a brilliant performance. I and mean, he's this, this Nazi Jew hunter, and he, he does, basically his job is to hunt down Jews all over, all over France during World War II. Uh, but instead of, like, the, the stereotypical campy evil Nazi, he's, he's really kind of a suave and, and charming character. And that's kind of how he, he – how he, he discovers where all these Jews are that he's hunting. Uh, that he just he kind of smooth talks people. He's real nice to them, and then he just he kind of turns very subtly, and he's very very cold uh, as he's discovering these uh, uh, you know where all these the, the fugitive Jews uh, are hiding. So uh, uh, it, was, it was the first time I ever saw Christoph Waltz in anything. Uh, he spent he spent most of his time. Acting, I think, in the movies in Europe, but uh, he, he won an Oscar for this movie, and he was he was quite exceptional. Hans Landa will come up in our list uh, later on in this podcast. Oh. Okay. Good okay, my my number eight is this movie was part uh, comical and uh, but uh, mostly serious. But my number eight is Hans Gruber. From Die Hard. A couple of, of Hans. Great. Okay. 
Yeah, let's say back to back Hans. Hmm. Yeah. Um, no offense, Germany, but <laughs> he was he was a West German terrorist, and the whole plot, the whole idea was that he was trying to make everybody think he was interested in blowing up the building, but what he was really looking to steal was six hundred and forty million dollars in bearer bonds that were in a safe in the building, and this, of course, is you know John McClane. Um, is chasing him down, and um, there were several Die Hard movies with Bruce Willis as John McClane, but um, McClane, and I don't know, I just read this on the internet, so I take it as gospel, but I don't know when he said it or when he was in character, but he always said that Hans Gruber was the toughest villain that he ever faced. Yeah. Uh, And Gruber's got the famous scene where he's falling out the window and he's, you know, he's like shooting back up at, at McLean and just falling to his death, which is a pretty cool scene. Yeah. Well, you know, um, Alan Rickman, who, who played Hans Gruber, it, he's one of those guys, those actors that falls into my category of, of guys who are great in everything they do. And he, and he, he plays a particularly great villain uh, just because he has, he's, again, like, like Hans Landa, he's very, he's generally very suave, uh, very intelligent, but just uh, always kind of like he knows more than more than you do. So, yeah, the villain that always thinks he's in control is better than like a just a nutso villain. Oh yeah, um, I like I like a villain that thinks that you know I am invincible. I'm the smartest guy in the room. Yep. those guys are better. And Alan Rickman could always always play that really well. Okay. Okay. You are up at number seven. Coming up at number seven. Number seven, this is, uh, this guy shows up on every list of, of great movie movie villains. Uh, so I'm just going to, I'll just introduce him right now. It's Hannibal Lecter at number seven, uh, played by the, the great Anthony Hopkins. Another one of those guys who's just great in, in everything he's, he's in. Uh, Hannibal Lecter was, was just so, so calm and, and so cool, but... Uh, talk about you know the the smartest guy in the room type, um, and and from what I under from what I understand, you don't you didn't really get this from watching the movie, but apparently he was only in the movie for like sixteen minutes. But hmm. but he he so dominated every scene he was in. He, he was uh, just so captivating in that role uh, that uh, you know and. I kind of, you know, you couldn't not have Hannibal Lecter on this list. But. No, and I couldn't either. We'll be talking about him again later. Yeah, I, um, I'm surprised he's way down at number seven, but yeah. I can't wait to see who you got above him. This could be interesting. Yeah, who's worse than a cannibal? Exactly. <laughs> okay, so my number seven, this is where we went. I go into the comic book world, and I took uh, – Heath Ledger as the Joker from The Dark Knight. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, you know, that whole wait till they get a load of me and stuff. And and the way it was, the, the makeup, I mean, the guy just looked crazy. He was crazy. And, you know, the way Heath Ledger's, you know, life slash death turned out, I think it just adds to the lore. But yeah. um, But the Joker was just flat out crazy. And 
but you know he was he was that Batman evil genius kind of crazy. Um, but that the, the part was great. Heath Ledger played it great, and it just may have drove him over the edge. He he definitely made made that movie uh, without without a doubt. You know, and, and uh, just some of his deliveries was it was so so subtle, but uh, yeah, yeah, effective. Okay, number six, George. Number six. Okay, you want to know who was who was worse than the cannibal? Well, I'm I'm getting into now. Well, at least in this one, just a, a, a normal, real person, and I think that's in a lot of ways, it kind of what is what makes it more evil to me. But I'm going to the graduate, and my villain here is Mrs. Robinson, played by Ann Bancroft, in an exceptional role. I think what make, makes Mrs. Robin, Robinson so evil is that she uh, she kind of has all this disdain for the world that she lives in, and she kind of seduces Dustin Hoffman's character, Benjamin, uh, to go down this, this dark path. And then later, Benjamin finds out that he falls in love with Mrs. Robinson's daughter, uh, who he found that he could have been really happy with. And then Mrs. Robinson does everything in her power to try and ruin uh, the, the relationship that uh, that Benjamin could have had with, with her daughter. And I think what makes it particularly evil then is the fact that she's, she's basically setting out to ruin her, her daughter's life. And, you know, she makes a, and she makes a conscious decision to do that uh, just because she's so un, unhappy with her, her own lot in life and she wants to ruin everyone else. So, so that, that's why Mrs. Robinson comes in at number six. And and also it was just such a great role. I think it, it's uh, Anne Bancroft absolutely nailed the role. So, uh, so All right, this has nothing. This has nothing to do with anything. But do we know Mrs. Robinson's first name? Never said. And that's that's one of the great things about the movie is that when when Dustin Hoffman's having an affair with her, every time, even in very intimate situations, which you would normally you know use a, a first name or a pet name or something. He uh, always calls her Mrs. Robinson. Uh, you okay. know, especially the classic line, Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. Right. Aren't you? Yeah. All right. Well, you, you, are, uh, you are interesting me, George. So, let's, so you are, you consider villains, which is correct. You're not, you're not wrong that if a person that messes with somebody's mind or, I mean, you don't have to be, you don't have to have blood on your hands. To be a right. villain on your list, if you're, and, if you're yeah, okay. So well, I'm can, thinking when I think villain, I'm thinking you gotta you gotta kill people or <laughs> or something like that. So as you'll see on my list, okay. so we'll agree. Well, I don't even disagree. I'm not going to agree to disagree. I agree with you, list, and I appreciate I appreciate. It, but how Mrs. Robinson is more villainous than Hannibal Lecter, I don't know. But that's okay. Your I'm list. Not, this no, is America, but, baby. <laughs> well, and and here's 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 why here's my rationale. Mrs. Robinson tops Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter was a psychopath, and in many cases had no decision, had no choice in who he became. Mrs. Robinson actually chose the path that she went down. So I think it, that that's it's that conscious choice that a person makes that really determines what they are. 
Okay, I appreciate that. And so, uh, like I said, I don't disagree at all. Yeah. Okay, number six is probably my least well-known uh, villain. And I'm going to throw a name at you. Okay. And you just tell me whether you even know what movie this person is from. Annie Wilkes. Annie Wilkes is, uh, yeah, it's Kathy Bates from... Yes. Uh, okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay. You, all you do is say yes or no. I don't ruin my whole thing, man. <laughs> um, Go ahead. So, yeah, Annie Wilkes is from the movie Misery, which is a Stephen King novel played by Kathy Bates. And Annie Wilkes is, well, she's nuts like most villains are. And what, and what happens is she's a huge fan of an author, the romance author, played by James Caan. James Caan has a car accident right out in, near her house, and uh, Annie Wilkes rescues him and brings him in and is going to nurse him back to health. And James Caan, is, uh, his character is so tired of writing these stupid romance novels <laughs> that, that he that he writes, he's got, he's, he's writing a book to kill her off. He doesn't okay. want to do it anymore. And he's got the manuscript on him. Well, one time when, you know, he's sleeping, uh, Kathy Bates is going through his stuff and refines that manuscript and reads that he's going to kill off. Um, the character's last name was Misery. So that's why okay. it's called that. But, um, and so now her, attitude towards James Conn changes and she's going to try and talk him into, you know, not, not killing him off. And now James Conn realizes he's in trouble. And at one point when Kathy Bates leaves the house, he tries to escape and that's his escape attempt fails. And so this, the, the biggest, the scene I remember most from this movie is Kathy Bates ties him down in bed and to make sure that he can't oh. escape again, she takes a sledgehammer oh, man. and breaks both his ankles. Oh, and, and so you can imagine the pain that he's in. And so James Conn isn't going to be trying to escape again anytime soon. No. <laughs> but but uh, so that is Annie Wilkes for you. And I think she was quite a villain. Okay. Uh. Oh, hang on. Hey, hold on. Hang on a minute. Well, I'll keep talking while you're answering the phone, I guess. Well, no. It was, I, don't, I didn't know what the hell was going on because I'm on the phone and then the phone starts ringing. It's that, other, it's that pesky house phone with somebody probably calling for money. Sorry, folks. Sorry uh, for, the, uh, for, the, for the brief commercial. Okay. okay. So, anyways, Andy Wilkes from Misery. Okay. Vill villainous. Uh, very, uh, very villainous and, and a, a fine entry. Kathy Bates is another one of those act, actors that just does always, always great. So, so nice entry there. Thank you very much. Okay. You are at number five. Okay, we're halfway through number five. Uh, okay, this is probably from the oldest movie on my list, but any time when I watched this movie when I was a kid, this character scared the living crap out of me. Uh, and not only her, but also her flying blue monkeys. It's the Wicked Witch of the West and mm. those damn monkeys. Uh, you know, the, the witch was bad enough when, you know, with that, all that green skin and, 
and the cackly voice and throwing fireballs. And man, when those monkeys showed up, I just I had to hide under the covers. And I, you know, when I was seven years old watching that thing, man, that just that just scared the bejesus out of me. So, uh, you know, and, and the only the only way to kill her is, is you know she never even had any redemption or anything. She you had to pour a bucket of water on her and melt her. So we got rid of her. I don't know what happened to the monkeys. They just kind of left. But uh, but the wicked witch and those damn monkeys, man, scared the hell out of me. So she's number five. Well, that's funny because uh, to this day. Sarah will not watch The Wizard of Oz because of because of the flying monkeys and the witch. They scare her so bad that she will not watch The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that, so you're in good company there, George. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, Sarah. Man, those 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 damn monkeys. Yeah, to this day, they they just they just creep me out. Okay, <laughs> number five for me is a uh, is a return to a movie we already talked about, um, and it's from. Silence of the Lambs. It's Buffalo Bill. Oh, nice. Um, the he was the really you know the the bad guy in the movie. Lecter was kind of an advisor, right. but Buffalo Bill is the one who would uh, kidnap the women, throw them in a pit so that they would lose weight, and then that then he was as evil for for him to skin the women, and his goal was he wanted to make a suit out of their skin. Because yep. he thought he was a chan- transgender, way out of his time there, as far as transgenders go. Sure was. And um, and just you know, just the the women in the pit and screaming, and how you could be that evil. And a big scene when you know Clarice is in the house and the lights are out and she's and you know she can't see where she's going. Um, that's just. He is a he's an evil dude. We don't see a lot of him, but no. um, what we do, we don't like him. Oh, played played by Ted Levine, just uh, just such a, a great character, so damn creepy. Uh, especially with and he he did have a number of good lines in that movie. The the most famous one is probably, you know, it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, the lotion she wouldn't put it in the basket. Put the lotion in the put the lotion in the fucking basket. <laughs> and he was, oh, he was—he was a great one. I, I had him on on my honorable mention list. Uh, uh, I didn't—I didn't have him as more evil than Niedermeyer somehow, but you know. Well, you know, Niedermeyer's a pretty bad guy. <laughs> Talk about those pledge pins versus skinning people. You know, that's a tough call. Yeah. So you know, it's a call I made. All right, number four. What do you got? Number four. This is this is kind of like on the same line as as the witch. Uh, it's it's another character that just scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. But it's from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and it was the Child Catcher. Uh, what? Gee, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I've, uh, no. you're you're killing me, George. Okay, go ahead. The, the fourth. This is my number four villain of all time. When I was a kid, and that child catcher came out, I it just scared the hell out of me. I'd have nightmares. I I was convinced that there was there was this this point there was there was this pointy nosed dude out there that was going to come and try and lure me away with candy and and ice cream and lollipops and then and then. Stick me in a cage. So now, I haven't seen 
chitty chitty bang bang in 45 years yeah um so remind me what did what was this guy what was this guy in relation to like well dick van dyke or what was what was his storyline i don't don't know okay well what it was is in in this fantasy world they 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 fly in the car and go off to this land called bulgaria where children are illegal because the the king the king and queen of Bulgaria is like these these grown children and they just want to keep all the toys for themselves and they don't want any children to kind of like take uh, you know to, to mess up their world so they there's a royal child catcher that is in charge of, of scouring the countryside and capturing children and and throwing them in a dungeon because children are, are illegal so wow. It was, it was just this really, really, cre- it was, it was, it was probably the first time I ever saw someone that was probably a pedophile without even realizing what a pedophile was. He just had that kind of air about him. Okay. All right. Now that you've explained yourself, I'm, I'm going to cut you a slight break there, but again, <laughs> uh, you know, Hannibal Lecter and the, this guy from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I mean, just saying that. Yeah, my number four villain is from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> this is the weirdest list I've ever heard of. No, but I'm, I'm telling you, just for for the absolute creep factor, he still makes the list. Okay, fair enough. It's your list. Uh, hey, ask, my, ask Sarah. Which, I bet I bet I bet that guy creeps Sarah out. Uh, I will. I will definitely ask her that. All right. Okay. You, you maybe you and Sarah should be doing this show. It'd be great. Um. Okay, well, I hate to I hate to return to people that actually kill people, but um, <laughs> here's my my number four villain, and he's simply known by John Doe, and that is yeah. it is from the movie Seven, yeah, played by Kevin Spacey, yeah. and Kevin Spacey is such a creepy dude, and he's he played so well. He's not doesn't get a lot of camera time in this movie, but what the movie's called Seven because he's a serial killer of people with the seven deadly sins. So he kills people and then like he'll leave uh, maybe blood on the wall describing, you know, what seven deadly sin that is like sloth and uh, lust and things like that. And yeah. the, the detectives chasing him are Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. So this is a superstar cast in a, in a great movie and I'm not going to spoiler alert this movie because it's so good and maybe people haven't seen it, but you have to watch the end of this movie. Um, it is the creepiest and most emotional, one of the most yeah. emotional movies I've ever seen, just to know what this character was going through at the end. But... Um, you know, Kevin Spacey, you could plug him into any of these roles, even Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and he would be super creepy in anything he did. He would be a great child catcher, I mean, promise you. He would be. So that's my number four, John Doe from Seven. Good good movie, too. And I and John Doe made my honorable mention list, too. I kind of was, I was throwing him around there. You know, not as bad as Nate or Meyer, of course, but... Right, right, uh, of course, no. But, uh, no... Uh, 
it, and he, he again he had that just that real cool chilling way of speaking when he's like sitting behind uh brad pitt at the end of the movie i agree oh yeah very very monotone and like yep. again he thought he was the smartest guy in the room yep but uh oh creepy okay sarah would definitely be creeped out by him okay uh okay number number three Number three is, is the second Nazi that makes my list. So, you know, it's a big surprise. Uh, you know, the 10 greatest villains, two of them are going to be Nazis. Not a big surprise they, there. They got to be. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Uh, from Schindler's List, it's Amon Gert, who is uh, played by Ray Fiennes. Um, he's, he's, he kind of is, is befriends uh, Oscar Schindler, the hero of the movie, but he's this, uh, he's this commandant of a... Uh, of a concentration camp, uh, work camp, um, who's just has, has absolutely no empathy at all. Uh, I think that's a, that's a, a great characteristic of a villain, by the way, is, is just a lack of empathy. Um, he just takes, you know, pot shots at, 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 uh, inmates, you know, with his rifle in the yard. Uh, he, he gets into an argument with, uh, the foreman on on one of the construction projects, and it turns out she's right. But he he just doesn't he he can't stand having someone stand up to him, so he, he shoots her and then still follows her advice. Um, he's he's just a, a an all around bad guy who's bad right to the end at the at the very end of the movie when when he's he's hung. He's a villain. He's a villain, and when he's when he's hung by the by the Soviets. And they kick the chair out from under him. He's he's still Heil Hitlering right at the end. So, Ugh. so Amon Gert makes my makes my list at number three. Finally, something I can give you actual credit for. That's a good one. <laughs> okay, my number three requires very little discussion. Um, we all know him. We all fear him. And it's Darth Vader. Yep. I'm gonna make him number three through all the Star Wars movies. Um, just the the control he had over, you know, over the universe and uh, the empire and and everybody, um, you know, everybody else was out to get him all the time. He was he was number one on everybody's hit list, and uh, he just, you know, James Earl Jones had the great voice for that. Yep. And if you ever if you ever want to the epitome of evil, just put on a Darth Vader. Uh, um, costume and that's it <laughs> uh yeah no yeah no argument um um he was a bad dude he was he was a bad dude he, he did have his moment of redemption right at right at the end but uh yeah just uh was it was a great great villain through all all those uh, through through what i consider the, the real star wars movies right yeah exactly exactly yeah. i agree with you on those okay uh, all right, Num- number two. Uh, number two, I'm going also back just to a real person. Now, she she never killed anyone directly, uh, but it's Nurse Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. Again, it's this is another uh, situation where uh, a person just chooses to be a really bad person. She was a, an absolute control freak, uh, probably the ultimate uh, passive-aggressive villain. Uh, if, if anyone, you know, when, especially when Billy Bibbit spent the night with the, uh, with the girl and he kind of actually gained some confidence and, and, 
actually stopped stuttering for a moment. And then she, she, she said, well, Billy, what I'm most worried about is what your mother will think. And then Billy started, he started stuttering right at that moment. And then later that night, he ended up killing himself. So basically, I think if, if you're a person, if you don't directly kill a person, but if you drive someone to suicide, that makes you a pretty bad person. So uh, nurse ratchet, number two. Yeah, that may be worse yet um, because, you know, you have, you've driven them mentally and then physically. But uh, that's a great pick. She was probably 10 and a half or 11 on my list. But yeah, Nurse yeah. Ratchet is excellent. Um, so my number two, we've already talked about him, and it's Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Um, for all the reasons we talked about, um, you know, the Jew hunter, like you said, that's what he was known as. And he, he was, he was very, very clever and he would have the people feeling comfortable. And then, you know, then the Nazi came out in him and he'd kill him. So, um, no more needs to be said about him. He's my number two though. You guy got you. All right. Okay, Georgie. Number, number one. one, worse than Niedermeyer, worse the, than Chitty Chitty Bang Bang guy. <laughs> Who could it be? The worst, the number one villain in all of movie history. Uh, it gets back again to me as as a he's a person that just chose to be this way. Uh, it's and it's a movie we've talked about before, but from It's a Wonderful Life, I've got Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter. Uh. Mr. Potter was, was so evil. Uh, he was just driven by nothing but money. He had no empathy. He had no, uh, no love in his life uh, to the point where, you know, he was always fighting with, uh, with George Bailey all through the movie. But what really, really pushed him over the edge and, edge and made him the worst villain of all time is when Uncle Billy left the $8,000 in the newspaper and Mr. Potter found it. And he actually chose to keep that money uh, driving George Bailey, who had been so honest his whole life. He drove him to the brink of suicide. Uh, so you can see a common theme in my one and two. Uh, if, you, if you are so evil that, that you have to drive good people to the point of suicide, uh, that makes you uh, number one evil in my book. So, Mr. Potter, you are the most evil person in movie history. Just when I think you couldn't do anything more stupid, you completely redeem yourself. That was a, that's a great pick at number one. Mr. Potter, I never thought of him, but he is evil. And I hated that guy yep. when I saw him do that to Uncle Billy. Um, yeah, you, you see these guys kill people and say, okay, it's just a movie. But like, that, was, that was so mean. And, you know, and how um, they come back, you know, when he, when he wasn't born, he come back to Potterville and what a, what a dump it had turned into, you know, um, prostitution and gambling and everything and everything that would be near and dear to Mr. Potter. Right. Right. But I don't want to gush too long about yours, but that is outstanding, George. Well done. All right. Thank you. Glad to redeem so, myself. Yep, you did. You totally redeemed yourself. Um my number one is, we've already talked about it, is Hannibal Lecter. But um, what you have to do is, and I just, I just recently saw this movie a couple months ago, you have to see the, the prequel to Silence of the Lambs, and that's Red Dragon. Okay. And that's when we find more about 
Hannibal Lecter's background and why why he's in jail when Clarice is talking to him and everything. And you understand more about, you know, what a evil cannibal this guy is and and he had a you know, he was he was an upstanding person in society, as far as people know, but here he was, you know, killing and eating all these people. Yeah. And I think, you know, the killing would be bad enough, but the actual cannibalism that puts them over the top that, that's so yeah can't, even, can't argue nope and even when you you know even when you think he's helping clarice and he kind of is same thing in the first movie um ed norton is the actor that's playing the detective that catches him yep. and he goes back and talks to um uh, lector you know for some advice and it's the same kind of deal where he always wants to be in control, always playing the mind games with these two. And, um, you know, he's just, he's just a bad guy. He's a bad guy on, on many levels, um, physically and mentally. Oh, yeah. With, without a doubt. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty definitely a bad dude. No, no argument. George, if you don't get rid of that phone by the time our next uh, <laughs> podcast is, I am... I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get Sarah to be my partner. We're going to talk about Wizard of Oz. Okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. So, anyways, overall, that that is a very interesting to me. This is our, our most interesting list, I think, because all 10 of my people have blood on their hands. Yeah. And that's what I see a villain to be. And you, you mix in these people that are just bad people and maybe not direct killers. I mean, look at your list real quick. How many people don't have blood on their hands? There's, I mean, one guy, so Chitty Bang Bang puts him in a in a dungeon. Yeah. Uh, Niedermeyer just yells at a guy. Nurse yep. Ratchet, you know, indirectly does stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's that's pretty yep. cool. I mean, those people qualify. Yeah. They're good. They're good Bob, choices. Yeah. But man, we went two different directions on this one. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's what that's kind of what makes it. Uh, I, I I do kind of love how we do these independently, and then kind of see how we we approach each of these lists. So, pretty pretty interesting. I know. Stuff. So we doubled up on Hans Landa and Hannibal Lecter, but you had them a lot further down the list than I did. Yeah. But that was it. So that's pretty good. All right, man. There's a lot of villains out there, when we got to chase them all down, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, you know, a couple of, I, I, in my honorable mention, we didn't get to, like, Goldfinger, Michael Corleone, uh, the, you know, the demon from The Exorcist. There were a lot of good ones out there, too. Yep, and um, I forget his name, his character name, but it, did you ever see the movie Departed with Nicholson, yeah. Jack Nicholson? Yeah. Jack Nicholson's character in Departed, he was, a, he was a bad guy, too, but he's just one of those, you know, mafia guys who are kind of a dime a dozen. Yeah. Godfather guy, yeah, yeah, I kill people and stuff like that. Yeah, well, well, but anyway, anyways, Frank Costello, that was his name. Yeah, no, yeah, I saw, I saw that, but yeah, um, yeah, kind of a standard, standard villain guy. I can't, yep. I, I couldn't really tell you a lot about him. No, nope, it's okay. Yeah. It's a good movie though, if you haven't seen it. All right, man. All right, George. Uh, until next time, uh, keep listening, everybody. And um, we're building up to something big, but we've uh, 
Not that this isn't big enough, yeah. but um, <laughs> but keep listening for updates on that, and we will. We've got still got a of uh, of of items we want to attack, and uh, so we will do that. We'll keep them rolling. And uh, George, happy anniversary to you and the lovely Gresham tomorrow. Thank and, you very much. Uh, take good care of her. Sure will. All right, man. Okay, buddy. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.